0: Welcome back to the Brothers of Thunder Podcast, and today's episode is Wanda Lost the Vision. Christ Through Comics. Okay, so this is your warning. If you have not seen this show yet, then you probably want to come back to this podcast a little later. Alright, this year, one of my favorite shows was WandaVision, and it's been a smash hit for Disney+. Plus. It took two of the least represented characters from the MCU and made them like household names like on par with iron man and captain america for a little context wanda is a character whose powers are chaos manipulating magic she can basically warp anything she can warp reality both physically and mentally in the heads of others and she also has telekinesis where she can move things with her thoughts most comic book characters go through some sort of adversity something that they must overcome that sparks or ignites their purpose right so for example batman became a vigilante that seeks justice due to seeing his parents murdered in cold blood spider-man became a hero who lived off of the motto with great power comes great responsibility because he failed to intervene when he saw a mugger kill a person and that person just so happened to be his beloved uncle ben wanda's journey not only began with setbacks but setbacks seemed to have been her destiny Like, growing up in Eastern European country also meant that she endured living amongst war. One night, a bomb exploded in her home while her family was enjoying all the classics of American television. And this destroyed her parents, which left her and her twin brother orphans. Fast forward, she later joins the Avengers to fight an enemy that wanted to destroy more than her country, but the entire world. Like, typical villain, right? In that battle, she loses her twin brother, the closest person that she's ever known later while using her powers to contain a suicide bomber who was trying to kill hundreds of people at a market she accidentally sent this guy hurling into an apartment complex which basically instead of killing hundreds of people it destroyed the entire apartment complex so as a result she was placed on administrative leave by why on this leave she falls in love with the vision but if you've been tracking with me (laughs) then you know where i'm going He's killed by the mad titan himself, Thanos, right in front of her eyes. So by this point, she knows nothing but death and destruction. She watched her parents die. She watched her brother die. She watched innocent people die all while attempting to rescue other innocent lives. And then the cruelest of ways, she watched the love of her life die twice right before her eyes. So she travels to a nearby town and comes upon a plot of land that was meant for her and the vision to start a life together like they wanted to just live a life them not being uh, superheroes not having to always be on beck and call to save the world they just wanted normal lives and to grow and have a family and as she gets to this plot of land she falls on her knees like in the middle of what would be like a bedroom or the kitchen and she just screams out in raw emotion and in this emotion she unleashed this big reality warping wave one so powerful that she changed the reality of an entire town. The town instantly becomes whatever era of American sitcom she desires. And in the midst of all her powers being unleashed right now, of transforming the town, of manipulating people to play roles in her new reality, she creates a real and functioning vision. Her boo thing, the, the love of her life that died, she recreates a new one. So now she has the perfect life. No more death, no more destruction, no more disappointments. By any means necessary, Wanda created a utopian society, right? Even if it meant the enslavement of other people. So satisfied and fulfilled, Wanda never has to need again. The hole left in her heart was filled, but not filled with something that was real, but filled with something that was a lie. So think about this for a minute. Pain, grief, and obstacles are real. I'm not talking about bad days. I'm not talking about temporary pain. I'm talking about lasting pain, chronic pain. Wanda had the power to remove herself from pain and grief and decided to create a reality of her choosing. Instead of surrender and seeking help, she took it upon herself to be both the helper and the savior. In the book of Isaiah, the nation of Israel is under siege and for those of you that don't understand military tactics this is what a siege is if you yourself are under attack and the attacker is bigger and stronger and may have deadlier weapons quite naturally we hide in the safest place possible it may be a house it may be a car or a building but for nations in ancient times staying behind your own walls was smart (laughs) like if you're gonna try to get me bro, you're gonna have to come through these walls. But sometimes what your enemies would do was just wait it out. They would surround your city walls, knowing that your food supply requires that you venture out. Some armies would wait months and years waiting on your food supply to run dry. And if your food supply ran out, they know that the morale will fall. At this moment in scripture, Israel finds herself in this very situation. They were surrounded mainly due to their own sin. They lived their life apart from God. And after years of prophet after prophet warning them of this punishment, God was giving them exactly what they desired, a life without him. But even in this moment, God was pleading with them to turn back to him. He removed their situation entirely. If they just returned back to him, he destroyed their enemies and he restored what was lost. But in Isaiah, we see Israel not taking this offer, but rejecting it. And I found that myself and all of us do this very thing that's mentioned in chapter 22 of Isaiah. When faced with insurmountable grief, pain, uh, problems, danger, financial issues, whatever the problem is that just looms over us, we will do two things. We'll either while out and say, screw it. Oh, well, I'm going to die. And if I'm going to die, I'm going to live how I want to live. Or... We do what Wanda did. We try to fix it ourselves. We create peace. We create our own reality. We create a new life apart from reality. Who is God? So for the remainder of this episode, I'm gonna talk about the two ways that we usually handle these situations improperly. And then I'm gonna talk about how we should handle them. And the first way that we do it wrong is saying by screw it. And the second way that we handle it wrong is by saying move over, I got it, right? And then we're gonna talk about what does God want? All right, y'all trekking? Let's go. All right, so turning your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 22. And we're gonna look at uh, verses one through two and verse 13. All right, so let's read verse one. A pronouncement concerning the Valley of Vision. What's the matter with you? Why have all of you gone up to the rooftops? Verse two, the noisy city, the jubilant town is filled with celebration. Verse 13, but look, joy and gladness butchering of cattle slaughtering of sheep and goats eating of meat and drinking of wine let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die alright so let's, let's break this down basically Israel was facing death they were facing destruction from this army that was encamped around their city walls and so in response Israel was like screw it hey yo let's eat let's drink Let's party, let's wild out because man, we about to die. So in this way, we assume control over our lives by saying if I'm going to suffer, I'm going to suffer my own way. So how does this relate to us? It relates because when life has us in this headlock, we want to assume control of our life and our happiness and our fulfillment. So this is when we get drunk. This is when we are constantly getting high or, or slacking off on responsibilities this is when our pornography usage goes up. This is when we get uh, loose in the booty and we're just sleeping around. And this is even when we get loose lips and we just say whatever comes out of our mouths, right? Whatever comes to mind. It's a total loss of inhibitions. And self-control just goes right out the window. And, and we've all been there. Like, we, we all want to control our happiness. Like, that's one of the main things that drives us as a people is happiness and joy. And when we don't have that, quite naturally, we want to create it our own ways. But the problem is, is when we try to recreate our happiness and our joy outside of the confines of what God has given us. Right. He's not saying that, okay, you're just supposed to show joy in me. You know, no, he gives us things to enjoy. (laughs) He gives us life. He gives us breath. He gives us roller coasters. He gives us food. He gives us family. So. Although our primary source of joy should be found in God, he still gives us outside sources of joy for us to enjoy because he's a great father. Our problem is, is when we lose self-control and when we lose our inhibitions and when we tackle these things to create joy that God um, seemingly hasn't given us. And it seems like he's just holding back the reins uh, in drops of heaven that's just sitting up like a storehouse and we're just waiting on God to just deliver but he's not delivering it is not in our interest and our best interest to recreate this joy outside of his confines because oftentimes what we will do is we'll do so in sin so let's move on let's get to the second part that we often get wrong this is the move over i got it and this is isaiah chapter 22 And we're just going to read verses 8 through 11. All right. Verse 8. On that day, you looked to the weapons of the house of the forest. Verse 9. You saw that there were many breaches in the walls of the city of David. You collected water from the lower pool. Verse 10. You counted the houses of Jerusalem so that you could tear them down to fortify the wall. Verse 11. You made a reservoir between the walls of the water of the ancient pool. But you did not look to the one who made it or consider the one who created it long ago. All right. So this is where Wanda has currently found herself. And this is what we currently do, too. So we look at God and say, "Okay, well, if you're not going to move and fix this situation, then I'm going to fix it myself. So move over. I got my own set of pliers. I got my saw. I got my hammer. I got my drill. And I'm going to get to work because you obviously don't care or you're not paying attention so how does this relate to us well i mean i'll give you a couple ways like sometimes when we experience trauma instead of uh fixing that trauma by going to therapy by seeking good counsel we get married or we get into relationships or we create children in an attempt to mask that trauma and to fix what god didn't do for us in the past right another way that we do this is that we uh Blindly maximize on the American dream. And what I mean by that is seeking so much of this life here now to mask all of the insecurities and holes and problems and grief and pain and trauma that we have, right? So instead of seeking therapy and seeking counsel and getting our hearts repaired and restored back into a loving, functional and healthy relationship we cover it up and we seek uh the big house and we want to show like we become instagram whores and we just want to create this false image of a life that people can see but deep down inside we are not changed we are broken we are in pain you may get this banging car so that people can attaboy you and applaud you You may even seek degrees that you really don't even care about. You may get a job that you don't even care about. And so we create this life of accolades. And again, accolades is not wrong. The American dream is not wrong. But when we do all of these things to mask what is broken on the inside of us, just so that we can fill our life and fill that hole with applause and fill it with accomplishments, then we haven't moved the needle anywhere. We're still in the same spot. Seemingly, we're, we're doing good. Your life is great. But deep down on the inside, you're still the same person that got hurt. You're still the same person that is experiencing pain. And it's worse when we do this in the church. As Christians, when we're in ministry, we're supposed to be ministering out of a life that God has filled us up. And now we are now emptying that out into the people. All right, so what does God want, right? He said so in verse 12. On that day, the Lord God of armies called for weeping, for wailing, for shaving heads and for the wearing of sackcloth. So, you may be asking, okay, so why would God want his people to be weeping and wailing and to shave their <laughs> and to shave their heads, right? and wearing sackcloth like why would god want them to do that this was a practice of an outward showing of a broken and contrite heart this is showing god hey i'm i'm trusting you like this situation sucks but at the exact same time as it being horrible i'm looking to you and i'm crying out and i'm lamenting to you so this situation should definitely um cause some form of of contrition in our heart it should cause us to just be broken and for us to look towards God right but the exact same time God wants for us to then show him that we are attempting and investing in him as the one who is going to fix the situation we got ourselves into this problem because we divorced ourselves from God right so now god is calling for you to divorce yourself from everything that pleases you except for him so that's why if you read scripture you see this practice of of weeping and wailing and putting on sackcloth and some people shaving their heads this is always associated with fasting right and so for those of you who don't know what fasting is fasting is a tangible way for us to work the spiritual muscle Only God will satisfy my needs, right? I am depriving myself of all satisfaction just so that he can be my satisfaction. That's basically what fasting is. So fasting is not a dietary (laughs) exercise that a lot of us, including myself, have done in the past. But what fasting is doing, it is like you tangibly saying, God, you alone will satisfy me, nothing else. And so I am going to, when I feel that hunger come on, I'm looking to God and saying, only you will satisfy. When I want to just veg out and do, look at TV or sleep with this girl or watch pornography or, or get drunk or get high, instead of doing that, I'm saying, no, God, only you will satisfy me. Instead of me trying to recreate My life and to say well if you ain't gonna move god i'm gonna do it myself it's like no i'm gonna sit here and only you will satisfy me and god when we place ourselves into that bucket and we sit there and we expect for god to move he moves god is a god of his word like he really cares about his word and he cares about his people so that is why sometimes we have to fast, even when we believe that nothing is going wrong in our lives. Like when we're not facing that gloom and that doom, it is still a good practice to routinely fast. We must do it. It doesn't have to be on the level of just depriving yourself of food and water, like doing that fifty times a day. Because now you, you you're venturing into like the masochist. <laughs> like you're just loving it right like you just you're more in love with the pain of of depravity than you are with depriving yourself to see God so you got to watch that too because it become it can become ritualistic but even when times are good it is a great thing to fast like it's that's just like saying sometimes when you see healthy people at the gym it's like girl why you why you still spending five hours on the treadmill you look good it's like no (laughs) this is still something great that we all must do like it's a good thing to continue so what god wanted his people to do was to just look to him don't try to fix it yourself don't try to uh therefore say that he's absent so i'm just going to find joy myself it's like no We must find our joy and our satisfaction in Him and trust in Him that He will move. Because guess what? I am reading from something that happened 3,000 years ago. (laughs) And we see the final chapter, God came through. And we have that in our lives. We have situations where our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents, where they went through similar uh, circumstances and when they trusted in God, God eventually moved. And sometimes, like I've, I've said uh, in the past, sometimes moving may, uh, waiting on God, you may take a L, right? You may look foolish. You may even lose some money. You may even look stupid to your friends, your family, or whoever it may be. But at the end of the day, God is the one who's gonna get the glory by bringing you out of your situation he's going to do it and since he cares about his glory you're guaranteed to get a w like your final at the the final score is going to show you with that w in that column it's not going to show the l the l is part of the story that's meant to give god his glory so i know wanda is a comic book character but what she did we all do she tried to create the situation because her situation got too much for her And we do that. We try to recreate our situations. We try to get uh, that, that girlfriend or that boyfriend or that husband or that wife, and we try to create a life that is false. Like we'll overlook some big, alarming red flags just for the sake of us fixing this life that we don't have, of creating this life that we don't have. And God doesn't want that. He wants for us to trust in Him. And when that thing gets too much for us, to put everything that we love aside just for a second so that we can invest and train that muscle of trusting in him. All right. As always, we don't do this podcast for ourselves. We do it for you guys. And the support has been amazing. So we love you. Uh, Continue to support us and continue to look for uh, new ways in which we can get out God's word. Um, And ultimately, like Brother Chuck used to say, this is for us to learn, love, and laugh. All right. This is the Brothers of Thunder podcast. Love you guys. Peace. Eureka!